You're listening to The Angry Mason, building a hot shit podcast brick by brick. I'm your hot shit host, Angry Mason Ryan, and here's my podcast partner, Angry Mason Dan. This is it, Ryan. It's got to be this week. I know for a fact that at least one of our listeners' nipples are hard right now. Time for the origin story. Dan, there's just not enough frothiness. And if you don't stop, I'm going to have to slap your tits off. <laughs> well, that, that really sounds painful. So, uh, l- all right, then we'll, we'll just move on then. Uh, maybe do the origin story next week, right? So, uh, how's your week been, Ryan? How, how are things going? Uh, this week has been so-so. I've been uh, a little bit laid up with a twisted ankle. It's more swollen than usual. But, um, you know, I'm struggling through it. Is that from, like, kicking someone in the ass? You know, I wish, but uh, it was actually me falling down a small flight of stairs at a stadium, and uh, I caught myself, and I just really looked foolish in front of thousands of people. So other than that, I'm doing great. That's good to hear, Ryan. I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm sorry about your ankle. That sucks, and your your embarrassment. That's awful, too. I spent the uh, last couple weeks in California, uh, Santa Ana, California, as a matter of fact, and it's my fault that we didn't have an episode last week, so sorry to both of our listeners for that. Well, you know, I was too um, racked with pain and angry at it to have been all that creative anyway. So, you know, if there's any good time for me to be injured, it was then. I mean, if that makes sense, which I don't think it does. It doesn't. I don't think there's really any good time to be injured, Ryan. I don't. Uh, I don't wish pain on you at any in, at any time. But uh, at least you're doing okay now, buddy. So it's all right. I'm doing more than okay. I'm living the fucking dream, but can't do any better than that. I guess it's time to just kick off our first segment, Wacky News. Ryan, our first story sounds really painful for some lady out there. Uh, apparently, a woman is suing her ex-boyfriend after his, quote, abnormally long penis stretched her vagina. Wait, you can sue on those grounds? Apparently, she was in a relationship with, uh, she's 29 years old and was in a relationship with this 37-year-old guy, uh, and they were in a relationship for a while, apparently while he was married, unfortunately. Uh, And then she broke it off with him because he was causing her vagina uh, to be loose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, how how loose is too loose now i mean don't get me wrong it's it, I, i've had a touch and go relationship with vaginas in general but um yeah i mean do you just start queefing when you walk is that is that the the tipping point well uh she alleges that her private parts were quote tight uh before she met her ex back in 2016 uh, but she re- ended the relationship in May this year uh, because uh, he was just too much man for her. And unfortunately, the article doesn't say exactly how large his penis is. Uh, but the damage is so bad, she's going to have reconstructive surgery to uh, tighten things up down there. And she's suing him for the bill, which is uh, 8,000 pounds, which to me, uh, I, I don't know what that translates to, Ryan. It's probably like $15,000, something like that. Oh, geez. Okay. You know, if she wasn't so lazy, she she could just do Kegels and keep a man. 
Yeah, I wow. said it. It's controversial. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a little controversial, Ryan. Well, uh, unfortunately, the damage is done to her, uh, and uh, he he seems just fine. I don't know no word if he's back with his wife uh, or if maybe that ended that relationship. But honestly, when your penis is that big, how are you going to lose? You know what? If I was him, I would take that summons notice and print it on a T-shirt and wear it everywhere. <laughs> I got sued because my penis is too big. Yes, I killed a JJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, you know, Ryan, uh, we often have our talks about Florida Man uh, and all the wacky stuff that goes on and down in Florida. But this next one actually involved some moms. Uh, what happened was down in Sarasota, two moms got in a fight at a bus stop and it really turned violent, Ryan. Uh, both of them had to be taken to the hospital and one of them had to be airlifted. Holy nuts. A trauma hawk from a bus stop That's to right. get someone life-saving surgery. You know, Dan, we go hard in Florida. That is true. I have heard that. I have heard that. So uh, I guess these two women were having a parenting discussion that got a little too heated when one of them busted a coffee mug upside the head of the other woman. Uh, And then the two grabbed shards of the coffee mug and started stabbing each other. Uh, One of the women uh, got lacerations on her face and was stabbed in the neck. Neck, 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 (laughs) neck. Exactly. I don't think the children were chanting that, Ryan. Oh. Uh, But uh, (laughs) what actually happened was... A whole lot of kids on the bus uh, saw this fight and were traumatized by it. So the local school is offering counseling for the kids uh, for having to watch some woman get stabbed in the neck. In the fucking neck. God, I mean, I say that kind of stuff when I'm driving in traffic while it's transient season. (laughs) I'm like, do you want to get a knife in the neck? Because driving like that is exactly how you get stabbed in the neck. But I'm not actually going to do it. But like I said, we go hard in Florida. You know, Ryan, I have driven with you many times, and I have to say there were a few times where I was concerned you were going to get out of the car and stab someone with a coffee mug. Uh, but thank God that never happened. You know, I am the epitome of self-control. <laughs> that's uh, I can't even say that without laughing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't even complete the sentence. Yeah, yeah. so no, that's, that's definitely not true. So, so moving uh, on. Well, <laughs> moving on from violent mothers to something out of this world. Recently, some MIT students and scientists came up with a plan. It involves a two-megawatt laser that will beam be beamed through a 150-foot-wide telescope that would create a signal detectable by alien astronomers, astronomers up to 20,000 light-years away. So we're just begging for an alien invasion now? Like, is our world that fucked up where we need aliens to come down just to bring us all together? I mean, that's what they always say is if aliens were to show up, the human race would pull together because we'd all be on the same team and have a com- a common enemy. So maybe that's what they're thinking about here. Clearly, they've never seen any movies. Now, I mean, Stephen Hawking, in his dying book, or the book he was writing while he was dying, warned us against doing such shit. And this yeah, is it's... the most brilliant mind of the 20th century saying, hey, maybe don't do that. And there are these kids like, Mm, let's just try it. Yeah, this thing is basically like hanging a porch light uh, out front so that everyone in the darkness can sort of see where you live. Uh, And I'm just not sure that we are in the best neighborhood uh, to start doing something like that. 
but Ryan, you know, there are other applications to this technology they're talking about. They actually are talking about designing uh, uh, thousands of small nanoprobes and then having them sail on this laser beam at 20% the speed of light uh, out to uh, other galaxies or, or other solar systems. I mean, is that the best way for us to introduce ourselves? Like, hey, check out our trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we're already doing that. I mean, Elon Musk sent a, uh, a convertible and spaceman out there. Uh, last time I heard, that was uh, heading uh, out of the solar system. So, I mean, if we can do that, why not throw a bunch of trash at some aliens and say, hey, we're over here. Did Elon Musk get that from that heavy metal movie from back in the day? <laughs> It really looks like that, actually, now that you mentioned that. It really fucking looks like that. Anyone who's ever seen that movie will know what we're talking about. God, yeah, I got a party with Elon Musk because he sounds like a fucking animal. Yeah, I mean, uh, he did get in trouble uh, a few weeks ago for smoking a blunt on a podcast, uh, which went out. And uh, when you are the head of a you know multi-million, multi-billion dollar company, that's usually frowned upon, even though it was in California and actually legal. Now, he actually owns SpaceX. Is that correct? He does. Yeah. I remember uh, they were hiring people left and right out in California and Florida. And everyone I talked to in California who worked on that project hated it. Just hated it. (laughs) They just worked them and worked them and worked them. Well, you know, that's what happens when rich guys like that uh, get something going. He's obsessed. And from what I've heard, he works all the time. Uh, except when he's busy smoking blunts on podcasts. So he obviously expects that out of his employees too. And I'll tell you, he also owns Tesla. Uh, And while I was in California, I've seen Teslas around. There are a lot of them in South Florida. I've seen a few here in Colorado. Every third car in California is a freaking Tesla. And there's always huge lines for people waiting to charge up those cars. All I have to say is if we ever get Elon Musk on this podcast, you better bring enough to share, buddy. (laughs) That is true. That is true. And he can come here to Colorado and do our podcast with us where it's also legal. But uh, I think the feds might still get upset. Well, his his rich ass better fly me out there, damn it. (laughs) We'll let him know that. Yeah. If you're listening to Elon Musk, fly us out there so you can do our podcast. No, if you're listening, Elon Musk, what the fuck are you doing? Don't you have better (laughs) shit to do right now? Yeah, you're really wasting your time. Maybe he's real high just listening to our podcast. It could be happening. Well, I mean, half our listeners are like that, so... Uh, yeah, that one listener is like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our last story. Uh, it comes from jolly old England, where some firefighters were called to rescue a family pet who was stuck on the roof. And this family pet happened to be a parrot. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, as the firefighters tried to coax this parrot out, it turns out he had quite a foul mouth and he kept telling the firefighters to fuck off. Holy nuts. It sounds like that parrot is my spirit animal. That is glorious. glorious. Oh, God damn it. Not, not that again. But yeah, you're right. If there's ever an animal out there that's a kindred spirit with you, it's some foul mouth parrot that refuses to be rescued. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's my guiding light. Well, this uh, yellow macaw parrot was stuck on a roof for three days, and the owners became concerned because uh, they thought it might be injured. So they called the fire department there, and they came out and finally coaxed the bird down. Uh, Turned out the bird was just fine. He was just chilling up there. That's why he told him to fuck off. And then he flew to another (laughs) roof, uh, and then a tree, and then eventually flew back down to his owners, and everything was fine. The firefighters were just really amused by it. 
how could you not be? I mean, uh, foul-mouthed parrots are right up there with foul-mouthed toddlers as far as amusement goes. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't take my advice to get yourself a cat, Ryan, because cats are the perfect pet. Maybe you need a parrot that you can teach all curse words to. I mean, maybe because you can't teach a cat to talk shit. Yeah, they just drop big deuces in your house. Ugh. God damn it. How do you live like that? <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of think of it as I'm living in their home, uh, and, uh, and I just kind of go with it like that. Yeah, and I kind of think of it as you're living in a third world nation. That's hurtful. It's, it's really hurtful. Well, it was meant yeah. to be hurtful. Yeah, so you know what? Let's just move on and talk about a little football. Ryan, I love football, and I especially love football when there's a weekend that a team I love has a big old comeback and wins the game. And that's what happened this week when the mighty Florida Gators beat the game Cox after trailing 33-14 to with 441 left in the third. It was a magnificent, magnificent comeback. Not only did they beat the game Cox, but the uh, coach of the game Cox. I'm pretty sure the uh, emphasis is on, on the word Cox there. You do you, buddy. Uh, Game Cox. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) It's funny because it's like a dick. Anyway. Anyway, the the coach of the game, Cox, happens to be Will Muschamp, who used to be the coach of the Florida Gators not so long ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know he was excited when they were up 33-14 and he thought he was giving it to those Gators. Oh, yeah. But then just like many other games he's had in the Swamp, he let it slip away and lost. Yeah, he started off strong and couldn't keep it up. And the Florida Gators came back and punched him right in the mouth. And I have to tell you, it was pretty damn. Uh, it was pretty damn satisfying run. It was. It was. And they did it all with the running game because uh, Felipe Franks. Ah. Yeah, I mean, he can do what he can do, which isn't a lot. Like you know, throwing it down the field or throwing it at all well there had been some rumors that they were thinking about going with their other quarterback and then he got injured right before that came and is out for the season yeah broken foot so we may or may not see well i mean we'll see him next year i mean at least they didn't waste a red shirt on him um yeah yeah uh, we'll see him next year but probably riding the pine now what did you think of felipe franks giving the shush sign to his own home crowd yeah, he did that a couple times, uh, yeah. and uh, I, I I don't know what it, exactly he's thinking there. Uh, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of talk among the fans about how much he sucks, so maybe he just was offended. I mean, to be fair, they did start booing him in the first quarter, but um, totally. I mean, you got to have thicker skin than that, especially if you're going to be quarterback for the Florida Gators, because I don't know if you've heard this before or not, but we have pretty high expectations. That is very true. Uh, Gator fans, uh, they do not suffer fools. No, no. Just ask Jim McElwain or uh, Coach Muschamp there. Well, Ryan, uh, you were talking about a quarterback who's not so good. There's another team out there in the NFL who has a quarterback that's not too good. The Miami Dolphins are the freaking worst. Oh, no! We suck again! Man, what is going on with those Dolphins, Ryan? 
you know, just because the last game that we won had no offensive touchdowns whatsoever. Uh, where am I going with this? Oh, yeah, they suck. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing redeeming down that road. And that was a game they barely won against the Jets, who are widely considered one of the worst few teams in the NFL. Yeah, the uh, the Buffalo Bills, who the Jets last played, had scored something like 90-something points in the first seven or eight games, and then they just unloaded for 40 on the Jets in New York, or, well, technically New Jersey, <sighs> because, I mean, I don't know why they're not the New Jersey Jets, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, whatever. New Jersey, New York, it's all the same to me. They're still the Jets, but the Dolphins just really, they're the Dolphins because they really have no O at all, and their Dolphins uh, defense is mediocre at best. Yeah, at best. I mean, we have a decent secondary at least they're for the most part healthy, but um, yeah, that run defense that is garbage. And I think one they of the are, one of the issues last, is Ryan. yeah. What are, what are, well, first of all, we got rid of Sue for nothing. We got nothing for him. Well, he he was due twenty million dollars or twenty five million. Nobody yeah. could afford that. Well, except the Rams. And then yeah. they drafted these linebackers who are great in coverage, allegedly. And I think they are scheming to just defend uh, Rob Gronkowski on the Patriots. And if you're going to draft your team to stop one guy on one team, you're going to have a bad time. That is true. And, and you know, initially when they made those decisions, I thought it was, it was good because Gronk was uh, probably the biggest thorn in the Miami Dolphins side. But as Gronk has begun to fade and the Patriots have faded ever so slightly, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, that decision is – is looking maybe not so smart. They just need some uh, big burly linemen out there to just shut that run down. You know, and one other thing that happened about the Dolphins while we were on our break last week uh, is uh, Rashad Jones took himself out of the game uh, because he was uh, miffed that they were giving Minka Fitzpatrick some of his snaps. Yep. Ego was the death of talent. It's true. You gotta get over I'm yourself, just, Rashad. I'm just really surprised that uh, Adam Gase put up with that because he was always talking about changing the culture, and now he has a player who just quit on him in the game, upset because he was losing snaps. Yeah, well, evidently they all made nice, nice now, so it's uh, it's mm. in the past. We're moving forward, you can get away with more when you're an All Pro uh, safety, I suppose. Uh, some other things that happened, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, but uh, all that talk of a Super Bowl hangover is true. What's going on with the Eagles, Ryan? They cannot pull it together. Do you think they're going to put a run together and do something for the playoffs, or uh, did, did they just kind of give up for this year? Nope. They're done. Stick a, yeah, stick a fork in them because they are done. I think after losing to the Cowboys, their big rival, uh, I think maybe the wind has come out of their sails for sure. Yeah. Uh, somehow they were able to overcome an injury to their quarterback last year, but this year they cannot overcome the injuries to their offensive line. Well, Dolphins fans know all about that. Another Ugh. team that's really disappointing, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the number one, clearly the number one defense in the league last year, suddenly are completely inept, can't stop anyone, and we all know what happens when Blake Bortles gets on the field. Oh, Blake Bortles. Ugh. Yeah, Fakakta. You know, they're having the same problem where they had a lot of injuries on their offensive line. So they can't keep their offense on the field, especially because Leonard Fournette has the worst hamstring in the history of ever. 
Like, That's is true. that a country ham? It's all salted, or is that like a <laughs> like a glazed ham? But yeah, so they can't keep the offense on the field, which means the defense is on the field a lot longer, which means they get exposed, and you have what you have with the Jaguars right now. Yeah, it's true that Blake Bortles is one of the few quarterbacks in the league that uh, up there with Brock Osweiler, who really make me miss Ryan Tannehill. Damn, that was that's a possibility. Oh. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, the Dolphins are on a bye week this upcoming week, uh, which is one of the few weeks of the year that I have confidence they probably won't lose. But uh, the rumor is Ryan Tannehill will be back after that bye week when they travel to Indianapolis. Let's just hope that's true. Yeah, with or without him, I'm still kind of meh. It's going to be a 7-9, 8-8, or 9-7 season. They'll miss the playoffs, have a mediocre draft pick, and we'll be right back in the same place next year. Probably with Ryan Tannehill, will also get injured again. It's sort of like we're stuck in a, it's a groundhog day here. Every year is the same, and we end up mediocre with crappy draft picks. And uh, at what point do they just tank? I mean, come on, just just let's just tank the rest of the season and uh, get some good players in. Well, this is not the season to tank because there are not a lot of great quarterback prospects coming out this year. Like the one QB prospect that they're talking about coming out of college, plays for Oregon. And they're saying even he's thinking about staying another year in college just to get better. So, well, yeah. then it makes sense. The Dolphins will probably draft a QB this year. That's probably how things will go. Ugh. One bit of great news for Dolphins fans. Uh, the Titans triumphed over the evil, evil, cheating New England Patriots this week. And I have to tell you, super satisfying. Oh, my God. If I wasn't watching that game at my mom's house, I would have literally been jacking it the entire time. <laughs> Oh, God, that's... I mean, when was the last uh, time you saw Brady pulled from a game, winning or losing? Oh. Yeah, that's pretty satisfying. And I saw the highlights, and uh, he got hit quite a bit. And I think maybe uh, that's always been his weakness. When he gets rattled and like actually put on the ground and, and gets some hits on him, that's when the Patriots lose. Hey, Dan. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dan. Uh, yeah. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Just reliving this right now, talking about it. Oh. I'm rubbing my nipples and they're erect. No, no, no. Yes. No. Let's let's move on to our predictions, huh? Let's yes, just move let's. on. All right. Okay. Now that, that awkwardness is over. So, mm-hmm. week 11 game, Steelers at Jaguars. I think we were just discussing the Jaguars' ineptitude lately, and the Steelers are on fire. So, I think, uh, I think they kicked the Jaguars' ass. I predict the Steelers will avenge last year's playoff loss. And yet Pittsburgh will still have the whiniest fan base in the country. Undoubtedly. Yeah. We all uh, we all know how Pittsburgh Steelers fans can be, for sure. Entitled. That's the best thing I could say about them. <laughs> wink, wink, Jester. Next mm-hmm. up, Raiders at Cardinals. This is the trash bowl. Uh, this may be the uh, game right here that decides who's going to get the first pick of the draft. And I have faith that John Gruden will come through and lose it for the Raiders. I predict that both of these teams will be playing for the first overall pick in next year's draft, and Oakland somehow finds a way to fuck that up, too. I think they will. They'll probably end up uh, picking someone who really sucks because John Gruden seems to have his head up his ass this year. So badly, in fact, the rumor is that Jordy Nelson wants to retire because he cannot handle the level of sucktitude that the Raiders are handling right now. Next up, Bengals at Ravens. Oh, God, the Bengals. Well, you know, Ryan, how I feel about the Cincinnati Bengals. And lately, they've been playing like trash. And for some ungodly reason, 
uh, Marv Lewis fired his defensive coordinator, and he's going to take over play calling. So even after losing huge, he sort of gets him, gives himself a promotion. Makes no sense. So Bengals at Ravens, I think the Ravens take care of business. Uh, beat up on the Bengals, uh, Ravens win. I predict the Ravens will be almost as destructive to the Bengals as habitat loss. Oh, that's that's sad. They're an endangered species. I know, right? Next up, Chiefs at Rams. This is like the regular season Super Bowl and clearly is the uh, biggest game of the week. Not only that, it was supposed to take place in Mexico, Ryan, but a series of uh, concerts destroyed the field. So they're going to have to move it to L.A., which makes it more of an actual home game for the Rams. So I'm going to say the Rams and Sue there. I think they they beat the Chiefs in a real close, high-scoring game. I predict the score will be 101 to 97 at halftime. Oh, that's that's even higher. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, uh, that's our football predictions for the week. So, uh, go ahead and uh, head to Vegas and place your bets on our word because uh, we are never wrong, right, Ryan? What? Us be wrong? Yeah. That that never happens. So, uh, so moving on from football, uh, it's time for a little, a little bit of sad news, Ryan. Indeed it is. This is our tribute to Stan, the man, Lee. Poor Stan. Stan Lee, he was born in 1922 to Romanian Romanian Jewish immigrants. Um, he started actually working in the comics industry when he was about 16 to 17 years old. And uh, he started off just being like the office do-boy, really. And then he got his first shot in the 1940s at actually writing um, comics. In fact, he was the one who introduced in the Captain America comics back in 1941 uh, his ricocheting shield. But... I think he's better known for all of the amazing characters that he created once he actually started writing with, I think it was Atlas Comics or Timely Comics at the time. Mm-hmm. Back then, uh, DC, now give credit to DC, they really brought back the uh, the superhero comic genre. Before sure. then, it was like love stories and horror stories and mysteries and blah, blah, blah. But uh, DC was able to successfully resurrect the comic book or, or superhero comic books. So Stan Lee may not have been the originator, but he was the innovator. Marvel said, well, Marvel looked at DC and saw that they had the Justice League and they were like, well, we need a super team. So he and Jack Kirby created the Fantastic Four. Ever heard of them? Sure have. Yeah, there's a series of terrible movies about them. Let's let's get past the movies because the comics were actually (laughs) really good. It was it was innovative in the sense that they were a family and they had their own foibles, you know, like a lot of DC characters. They were just one dimensional, you know, they had their powers and they had their their weaknesses, which like Superman had kryptonite as a weakness, you know, right. Um, His only weakness. Yeah. Green Lantern had the color yellow as a weakness, whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) Have you now let me ask you, Dan, have you ever been. Just busted up by kryptonite or the color yellow before? Uh, no, can't say I have. No, no. 
and neither did Stan Lee's characters because you look at Spider-Man and in the first issue of Spider-Man, he witnesses his own uncle, his caretaker, die in his arms due to an action he chose not to take. That's some goddamn pathos, son. It is. Yeah. And you know what, Ryan? Uh, Spider-Man uh, is clearly, in my opinion, and I know everybody loves uh, different creations that uh, Stanley made. I think Spider-Man is his singular greatest uh, creation. And I, I just feel like Spider-Man uh, has, speaks to everybody. And it's just nice to have an everyman, you know, that uh, everyone can identify with. Exactly. Because in Spider-Man, not only did you have the wall crawling, web slinging, beating up bad guys, but you had a story of a teenager going through radical changes in his life, like all of us feel that we do. Not only is he wrestling with uh, Dr. Octopus or the Scorpion, but he's wrestling with schoolwork and maintaining a social life and trying to get you know to the prom with his best gal. He's always been my favorite, Ryan. And uh, you know, to the point when I was a kid, I had Spider-Man pajamas and uh, Spider-Man bedsheets. So, you know, Stan Lee's reach goes just beyond just comic books, you know, and, and especially over the last couple of decades with the, you know, with Disney taking over and, uh, and, and creating the Marvel universe that you and I love so much, uh, Stan Lee's legacy is going to live on for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. Let me just run down. This is just an abbreviated list of the, uh, the superheroes he came up with. Not even okay. bringing into account the supervillains. You got Spider-Man. Sure. You have the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. You have the X-Men. You have Iron yeah. Man. You have Thor. The Hulk. Black Panther. Daredevil. Doctor Strange. Ant-Man. I mean, that is... That's a hell of a, a, hell of a uh, stable of characters to come I mean, out just of the, the uh, one man. Just the X-Men alone right there is is something huge that anyone else could hang their hat on for the rest of their lives and do nothing. But this guy, uh, he just couldn't stop creating. He just It was just in him, and he had to share it with everybody else. Absolutely. And titles like the X-Men, it actually took on a, a social consciousness. It was really all about uh, discrimination back in the 60s, and he framed it in a way that even kids could understand without getting too, too preachy about it. Yeah. And that's a lesson that uh, is very contemporary for us today, Ryan. And uh, you know, maybe it's a, it's a voice like Stan Lee's uh, that needs to be heard nowadays really. And so, uh, and that's why I think his, his legacy will live on for so long because of those timeless lessons. And they taught a lot of us when we were kids uh, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. So uh, you know, I'm going to miss Stan Lee and, uh, you know, but hey, Ryan, 95 years old, that's a hell of a run. It is. It is. You know, and the best thing about it is, Ryan, he he kept his wits about him until the very end. He loved his fans and he was treasured and honored by people. Uh, but, you know, not everyone that that age is so lucky. Well, you know, Dan, I actually had some thoughts on that. You gotta be fucking kidding me. You gotta be fucking kidding me. So what? It only takes transforming pop culture and appearing in cameos of a multi-billion dollar franchise of movies to respect it in your old age? Well, holy tatty bojangles, that ought to be easy enough. 
So what about these unfortunate souls who haven't steered the course of zeitgeist? Well, fuck them up their wrinkled asses and put them in a nursing home, I guess. Yeah, I get that we live in a disposable society, and unfortunately, that goes for the most vulnerable, the elderly. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Oh, but my grandma smells like Geritalin and sure farts. Grandpa's always offering me those weird black licorice candies. I ain't got time for that. Make time, bitch tits. Especially, especially if your parents or grandparents are in a nursing home. Do you realize how fucking depressing those places are? Let me paint a picture for you with my words and then stick that picture on the refrigerator of your brain. For 70 to 80 years, you've been doing your thing. You go to work, you make your own meals, enjoy your freedoms, engage with your friends and family, and then one day, you aren't. Age sneaks up on you, a little bit every day, and then all at once. One day, you wake up and find that getting out of bed is a painful chore. You find that you have been replaced at your job by someone younger and faster. It almost becomes dangerous for you to cook for yourself for fear of burning down your home. Your freedom is as limited as the channel package on your cable subscription. You have fewer and fewer friends and family because of attrition. And then one day, that dreaded day, you find yourself leaving a hospital room. But instead of going back to your home, where at least you find solace and comfort, you find yourself in an extended care facility, if your family can even afford it. My grandmother lived to be 97. Fortunately, she wasn't placed in a nursing home until she was 96. My uncle, to his credit and at great personal expense, and for which he will have, always have my gratitude, did absolutely everything he could to make her as comfortable as possible in her own home. But there came a time when she needed on-demand attention, and the long-term care facility was his only realistic option in getting her the care she needed. Someone in our family made a point of visiting her every day to try and lift her spirits, but she knew the fact was that she was spending her last days on earth there, as was the case with everyone else at that home. My grandma didn't really bother to make friends there because she was a practical woman and understood the fatalism that permeated the building. She also told me how badly she felt for the other inmates, as she called them, because unlike her, they didn't have any visitors. And if they did, it certainly wasn't often or even on a regular basis. Their lives were dictated to them. They couldn't just leave and go somewhere on their own. They were told when to take their meals. And if they needed assistance going to the bathroom, well, they either had to wait for help or sit in their own filth. Jesus, fuck! Jesus! The only difference between being in the facility and being in jail is that in the facility it was far more likely to break a hip during prison sex. Studies show that people who did not have grandparents are less likely to exist. Do yourself and the people who love you a favor and visit the elderly members of your family with regularity. You'll be surprised how much knowledge they have to share. And even if your parents or grandparents have passed away, maybe volunteer some free time just to go and talk to some of the lonely souls who are otherwise just killing time until time kills them. You might just learn something. And that's a brick of truth to your face, courtesy of the Angry Masons. Well, Ryan, that was a that was a real community service announcement there. I have to tell you, that was uh, very responsible and uh, you know some real social justice for you. I'm impressed. 
I'm hoping that uh, takes some time off my probation. Mm. That's yeah. three minutes anyway, right? Uh, I think that's uh, that's a good note for us to end on today. If anyone wants to get in touch with us, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash angrymasons. Uh, you can always find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash angrymasons. Please drop us an email at angrymasons at catlover.com. Oh, catlover. Or... <laughs> You can catch us on Twitter at Angry Masons. And as always, you can find our podcast on Spotify or TuneIn Radio. Uh, Any last words for the listeners this week, Ryan? Just one. Excelsior!